Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, our Father. Give you all the praise. Give you all the praise. Give you all the praise. Thank you, Father. Thank you because you've answered us. <clears throat> Thank you, Father, because you have heard our prayer tonight. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, Father, we pray tonight, Lord, that as we go into the lesson tonight, we ask, Father, that you will supply your, your mercy and spirit and grace, and there will be flow of your spirit tonight. You want to learn that which you have us, you would have us learn. In this class today, we ask, Father, that there will be supply of your spirit, abundant supply, for to enter into this teaching and to to teach it as you would have us teach it today. We ask, Father, that mercy will visit us again tonight. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayers. For in Jesus' mighty name, <clears throat> we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everyone, for joining again today. Uh, <clears throat> live class. I welcome everyone. And I'm sure we had a wonderful weekend. Uh, Saturday was a, was a blessing, I believe, and yesterday. So we are here again. Thanks to Jesus. <clears throat> we are here to, to learn regarding resurrection um resurrection of the dead to be precise um all right today i think we're just going to uh, give a quick um <clears throat> recap from last week a uh, quick summary um and then we'll move on um does anybody want to volunteer and uh I'll give a quick recap from last week. Anybody? Yeah, so nobody wants to help us. Uh, okay, I, Daniel, I can see your hands uh, up. All right, Daniel, over to you. Good evening, sir. Good evening. So um, I think last week we spent um, last week laying the foundation, um, establishing um, what resurrection is and who uh, the people who are qualified, is it qualified now, or who people in the category or people who uh, we expect to resurrect, right? Um, who are the dead? So we're looking at the characteristics of the dead. And just basically defining the dead in this context, right? In the context of um, what we're looking at as um, those who have died in their bodies. And then we even went into looking at the reason why there was even death, death or why there is even death in the first place as a result of sin. And um, we looked into that. And then we spent most of the time, I think, just um, explaining um, we like to explain in our doctrines, basically, of all those false doctrines, um, false doctrines of what we previously understood as, you know, 
people or resurrection or dead or ghosts or spirits, you know, just establishing the fact that there is no connection between the two worlds of the dead people. And um, people who have died have died. They have no memory as we saw in Ecclesiastes. Um, and they have no, they have no passion. They have no memory. They don't have any, any interest. We also saw that um, just basically explaining what being dead is, is, is that separation separation from from spirits um the spirit and soul separated from the body yes i think we talked about that again and so i think that was um yeah that was what we we spent our time last week on awesome thank you so much thank you thank you thank you all right um does anybody want to say something anybody else want to feel like they should uh, Share something quickly. No. <laughs> Thank you, Bradania, for the courage to help us start. Okay. Hello, sir. Yes. I think I'll just add, um, I think at the beginning, right, we, we started about resurrection of dead being like the basis of our faith, you know, what we actually hope um towards and um i think we started looking at those false um teachings as well that we're telling um we're trying to you know i think it was from those false teachings that were trying to tell us about you know disputing that there will be no resurrection and, mm-hmm. and i think you know that does if jesus himself you know resurrected then we have a hope to look towards to i think you know that part was crucial to just what okay. yes sir Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Since uh, Mardana has helped us and uh, helped us twice, um, I guess the rest of us are shy. Maybe next week, depending. uh, Let's let's hope I finish it today. If not, maybe next week and then we'll see. So then I hope all our shyness will have disappeared by that time. All right. Welcome, everyone. Um, today, we're going to continue from where we stopped. And, and thank you, Daniel, for that quick recap. Uh, we pretty much spent last week a uh, lot of the time defining um, who are the dead, you know, and also uh, what are the things that work on um, on death or that causes death, right? Uh, we know, know that sin and death uh, there are forces that act on on the dead. Um, of course, we know that all we were able to identify that hell is the home of those that are not saved uh, when they are dead, that is put off their earthly body. Um, and then we begin to look at the characteristics, of course, uh, like Daniel has mentioned. Uh, and we know that the body without the spirit is dead. There's nothing you can do to it. Without the spirit, the body is dead. It can't come back. Um, they are uh, anybody that is dead does not have any uh, human affairs or passion. They don't come back to give birth. They don't come back to marry. They don't come back to make money or bless, because they don't have the right to do so, and they do not return to the world. So that one is crucial. Like we're dealing with some some doctrines and, and teachings that, you know, is common out there. Um, so 
um, since we define what the dead last week, we're going to define what is resurrection, right? And uh, when we're looking at resurrection, resurrection means to come out of the dead, if I can use that word. Or just as the book will say, uh, resurrection of the dead is the revival of the bodies of men. Right, so resurrection is the revival of the bodies of men, both saved and unsaved, from the grave to die no more. They are resurrected, right? The revival of the bodies of men, both saved and unsaved. So both those that are saved and those that are not saved, believers and non-believers. So it's the revival of their body, right, from the grave to die no more to die no more okay so resurrection is the reason of revival of the human body from the grave to the state of no death so resurrection is a reason or you raise the body or you revive the human body from the grave to the state of no death so that's what is resurrection is so in case i uh, know want to define what that is according to you know, <clears throat> Bible. So, it, uh, so the, the resurrection uh, happens to uh, believer's spirit and gradually processes, uh, progresses to the soul and then finally to the body by obedience to the spirit. So this one, um, just to explain uh, this area, um, so we know that resurrection, like I said, is the revival of the of the bodies of men, both saved and unsaved. So it is the raising of the body from the grave to the state of no death, meaning not to die again, right? And no death, not to die again. So it also happens to believers' spirits. Okay, so this one is talking about the revival that or the resurrection. Let me use that word. Sorry, the resurrection that happens in believer's spirit. Like when you give your life to Christ and you are born again, there is a resurrection that is taking place in your spirit, right? So, and that uh, resurrection gradually pro progresses. So it moves from your spirit, progresses to the soul. It's like Johnny moving, it's movement, being imported, you know, moves from your spirit gradually. Uh, not at once, because of the nature of the soul. So uh, the way the spirit can be quickened quickly, can be raised and made Christ, the, the soul can't go at that same speed. Every work that, has, that happens in the soul happens gradually. So the soul of man is, is where work is done to, to get things moving so that you can even journey to the body. So the nature of the soul, the way the soul of a man is, so we know that man is a travertide being, I think I mentioned that last week as well. Man is a travertide being, meaning man is a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. So when we get born again, we have to be aware of uh, those particular parts or aspects of, of, of man, right? So when you get born again or you give your life to Christ or believe in Jesus and you know, give your life to Jesus, what happens is that there is salvation that takes place within your spirit or you are quickened within your spirit. 
right? And that quickening that happens in, in your spirit, you can feel the effect in your soul because part of that would gradually move to your soul. So in your soul, you have some measure of salvation such that you are aware, ah, there are some things I should do, there are some things I shouldn't do. Or the bad, 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 bad things that I used to do, I do them no more, right? So those are the uh, little, little, little uh, changes that we begin to experience and see within the soul. So it's there we are, when we become aware uh, from our soul, we become aware of our spirit that ah, it's like something is different here. Something is new. I don't just, uh, there are some things I feel like doing before, but now I don't feel them anymore. I don't, I don't, it's, it's like there is, there is something that woken inside of me, something that woken in my conscience, something that I can't just ignore. So from there, we begin to grow as believers. And, and as we begin to grow, you know, Peter uh, began to you know, advise us that uh, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the world that you might grow thereby. So, of course, uh, you know, as, as we give our life to Christ, we need to start growing spiritually. And as we grow, we begin to see that there is some level of uh, life that begins to flow into our soul. Even just the part I need to explain also is that when I say that uh, our spirit is saved and some of that spill over to the soul, and there are some there are some things in our soul that we can recognize, and there are other things that we can see that we are still struggling with, right? Um, you no. Know, we might have given our life to cry, but you know, sometimes they struggle with you know, white lies, uh, you know, different, different, different things that every soul may be struggling. So that may be the, uh, so the, every soul has different things they, you know, they might be struggling with. So, and we can understand that, okay, so when somebody is born again, so that's why ah, they give their life to Christ, but there are still some things not fully you know, clean yet. There are still some little, little things that, no, we are still doing that, you know, necessarily does not align you know, with God or God's will or anything that has to do with God is, is our own selfishness and different, different things. So you can see that ah, the, in that kind of a place, there's, there's, a, there's a conflict, right? Because sometimes you want to do good, sometimes, you know, other things just takes over. And of course, the body suffers the, the effect of, um, uh, of the conflict within the soul in the sense that uh, wherever the body is just weak and has been used to doing certain things, there's, there's nothing much the body can, can do. We just you know you just by default will do it. So once, once the soul agrees to do something, there's nothing the body can do. You just go ahead and do it. Uh, but the, the, we're just seeing how things progresses from the spirit, right, to the body. So when we're looking at um, that, you know, scenario, we can we, we can then see how resurrection when it starts uh, in the spirit, it, gra- it it has to gradually progress to the soul, right? It has to progress gradually, slowly to the soul, and finally to the body. But there is a key thing you must understand here, which is it is by obedience to the spirit of God, meaning that if we are not obeying the spirit of God. It is not possible for the resurrection that has taken place in the spirit to progress to the soul and then to the body. And what, my, what I mean by that is there is a mechanism the Lord has set in place, or and it's, it's by cause of the nature of the soul, 
right? Um, all the thing, the reason why the soul is uh, has to take things gradually is because he has, the soul needs to relearn a lot of things that it had learned before. Some things it will say, no, I don't have to do this. So it's, you have to relearn how not to do those things. And then begin to learn how to do righteousness or how to do the instruction that heaven will begin to give in righteousness, right? So, and how that comes is by the spirit. So the spirit will begin to instruct us, lead us, or let me put it that way, it begin to lead us. So the spirit leads us to attain a resurrection state within our soul, right? It is the spirit that would lead us into that. Um, and how is by, you know, obedience. We have to obey the spirit of God. When the spirit of God begins to tell us, no, that thing, don't do it. This thing, we do it. That one, wait, be careful. Don't just go ahead and do these things. So as heaven is, you know, or as the spirit of God is doing that and is instructing us, it has a goal, there's an intention. It is to lead us, you know, to attain resurrection within our soul or to remove death from our soul, that there will be no death within the soul. All, everything in our soul would be life. That's the intent of God. God wants to ensure that we receive salvation fully. So we know that resurrection, right, is the revival of body, our bodies, of course. And just look at what resurrection is, is the revival. I mean to revive, to revive, to take it is to put a life. When you talk about revival, is to put life where things are dead, right? <laughs> so, if you don't, if you, if you don't use the word revival, you can put, use the word raising. Is to raise the human body right from the grave to the state of no death. <laughs> so, even though we are talking about you know resurrection of the body, but resurrection takes place right. There's a there's a progression of resurrection from the human spirit, a man's spirit, and then it gradually progresses to the so and then to the body. <laughs> so there are different. Uh, uh, let me put it this way: depending on how far we're able to journey with God, we can attain resurrection to certain levels, and that is dependent by how much we obey the Spirit of God. So, and how much we obey the Spirit of God, we eventually spill right into some level of resurrection in our soul and then in our body. And a typical example of that is, you know, when, when the Lord is correcting us, ah, don't lie anymore. Maybe we just like lying, right? Or just not even lying, maybe white lies, you know, just don't don't lie, just lie, but the lie is not going to be a lie. You're just going to make it white, right? Call it this instead of what it is, right? For example, so if somebody steals something, and then he said, ah, did you steal that? No, I didn't steal it. I permanently borrowed it. You know, it's another way of saying, I stole it, I didn't steal it. You know, when I say I permanently borrowed it, it doesn't look like stealing. <laughs> but it is all this, still the same. So maybe, you know, we usually do that most of the time. And the Holy Spirit begins to say, ah, no, don't, don't. What you're about to say, even though it sounds nice, permanently borrow, but it's still stealing. Don't don't do it again, right? <laughs> when that soul is able to obey the spirit of God, 
then whatever that is impulsively or putting that soul to 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 just tell the lie or white lie or or do anything against the will of God, um, whatever it is that is causing that, by obeying the Spirit, depending on how heaven would arrange the instruction, how the instruction will come, right? Once we obey, we will receive life in a measure in our soul. Why? Because we are trying to unlearn what we have learned before. After a while, we just realize that, ah, actually don't, we are no longer liars. We don't lie anymore. We don't steal anymore. We don't fornicate anymore. We don't commit adultery anymore. Ah, we don't covet. We don't, um, our neighbor's property anymore. We, we are not envious. We are not striving. We just begin to see that over time as we, we obey the spirit, resurrection will begin to take place within our soul and then eventually into our body. Amen. So that is uh, that is just that aspect you know, that I need to, to mention how uh, resurrection takes place within the spirit and then moves to the soul and then to the body. Amen. So <clears throat> we're going to look at the scope of resurrection, right? Um, just the main sets of people we'll be looking at, or just to define who does resurrection are, are, um, apply to, right? Because we know that resurrection doesn't apply to goods, right? Goods can't be resurrected. If a good is resurrected, something else is happening. A good cannot be resurrected, uh, a tree, cannot be resurrected. When a tree dies and it grows back, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, you can you can say that, ah, that tree has been revived again. It revived itself, no, because, but the thing is, it didn't die. Its root, the tree's roots are still in the ground. Mm-hmm. So if you cut it and the root is still in the ground, the tree is not fully dead, right? Because the roots is still part of the tree. It's still the tree, if I can put it that way. So uh, a tree can't be resurrected. Um, the only person you can refer so those that resurrection applied to are men. So we're going to look inside men. So who are those, uh, and how does resurrection apply to men generally? So one of the things that we we'll see is those that are dead in Christ. So those that are dead in Christ. So for example, we have those that are. So when we look at men, there are two categories really. First. Those that are believers, those that are unbelievers. Right, so believers and unbelievers. And for believers and unbelievers, we have those that are dead and those that are living. Right, okay. So those that are dead, those that are living, unbelievers, believers. So that's, those, are, those are the things we'll be looking at to separate know how resurrection applies to this set of people, right? Because as believers will be wondering, okay, what happens to unbelievers? What happens to believers? Uh, are, they ex- are they undergoing resurrection? The resurrection only applies to Christians. We'll see it here. So the first one we'll be looking at are those that are dead. So those that are dead in Christ. So these ones are believers, those that have given their life to Christ but have shed off their earthly tents. <laughs> so they have put off their earthly tent, that is their bodies. And as their bodies have been laid 
to the dust or to the grave. So basically their bodies have been put to the grave, laid to the grave, not being buried pretty much, and their spirit and soul that has returned back to the Lord or that has gone to be with the Lord. So these people that are believers, right, and they die, whenever a believer dies, they are not considered dead, but they are asleep. They are asleep. So if we have a believer that passed away and, you know, they are buried, we, we know that they are not dead. They are asleep in the Lord. That's what the scripture refers to them as. So they are not dead. The scripture calls them those that are asleep. So let's quickly read um, First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. I don't know if we have uh, somebody that's going to help us today to read our Bible. Uh, who, will be, who will help me today to, to do the readings? I'm looking for, for volunteers. If, if there are no volunteers. Uh, I know Daniel was helping me last week, so let me see if no. I did just want to, but I don't want to put the burden on you because you helped last week, but mm-hmm. anybody wants to help, but if you are if you are willing to, that's fine as well. Uh, okay, sir. Anybody wants to help us read our Bible? If not, okay. Since there, there's nobody that uh, wants to help, I'll go ahead and uh, I'll open First Thessalonians chapter four. I can read for you, sir. Oh, yeah. Okay. Thank yes, you sir. so much. Uh, if you can, if you can please help us uh, read First Thessalonians chapter four, verse sixteen, that would be great. First Thessalonians four, verse sixteen. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And the dead in Christ shall arise first. Mm-hmm. So the dead in Christ shall arise. Now, so we've seen that these are the dead in Christ, right? And let's read 1 Corinthians 15, verse 52, where Paul... Mm-hmm. 1 Corinthians 15, 52... Yes. A moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. And we shall be changed. Changed. All right. Uh, thank you. Thank you. For the dead in Christ. There's something I'm I'm looking for as well. Uh, Amen. Amen. Sorry, I'm just uh, quickly looking for this this verse. Uh, And I think uh, Paul, sorry, Oh, no. First Thessalonians, same First Thessalonians 4. You use the same word as you. First Thessalonians 4, 
Okay, yes. So verse 13. It's verse 13. So first uh, Thessalonians that we read, chapter 4. Let's read from verse 13. It says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, mm -hmm. so that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. And this is actually what I was what was in my heart to explain, right? Uh, concerning those that are dead in Christ. So in case we have um, you know, somebody that will know that was in Christ, of course, uh, you see how Paul you know, was explaining here, he said, concerning them which are asleep. So they're not, the dead in Christ are not considered dead. They are asleep. So, and Paul was saying, I will not have you ignorant, to be ignorant concerning them which are asleep because they are not dead. They are asleep. Right, and that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. So Paul is saying that when you have a believer that passed on, don't sorrow like those that have no hope, meaning that have no hope. We have a hope. We have a hope in Jesus. We have a hope in God. We have a hope to be with the Lord. So there's a difference. So when we sorrow, you don't be like others that have no hope. They have no clue about what happens to the spirit and the soul of those that are dead like that. So an unbeliever can think because they don't know, you know, when what happens. Some don't even believe in 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 the spiritual. They just assume when everybody dies, they just enter into a state of nothing. But no, there is life after shedding off the earthly tent. So for believers, they are sleeping. So that this, this, this actually encourages us a lot whenever we lose somebody. That we're not sorrow as if you know, we never see them again. They are gone, right? They, they are still alive. They're just in a different place. They are sleeping short. They are they're in a place where there is no, no, no sorrow. Mm -hmm. They are waiting for the last trump, the last judgment. So in, the, in that place is, is a whole lot. A whole lot uh, I mean, all, I would put all strive has ended in that place. Meaning that you know, all these strive to to be something on earth. They can't even like they like we said. They have no passion for it. all those on our seas. They have no passion for for what we chase after. And of course, what we chase after should be God. And let me let me use that. Let me correct that word. Not what we chase after. Some of the things we do, because what we as believers, what we chase after, should be life. What we believers have hope in should be in God. Our life is tied to inheritance in God. So therefore, we are not we are not to, we are not chasing. We should not think about chasing after money, fame, all those things. No. We don't chase after is unbelievers, those that have no sight that chase after those things, that have no clue about eternal life. And they can chase after that because they have no clue about all those things. But we as believers, our hope is in God. We have a hope. So we don't just chase after things like that. Now, Paul is saying that those that are in Christ that are asleep, they're not dead, they are sleeping. They're just sleeping. Soon they'll wake up. When Jesus comes, they'll wake up. Amen. Just as we will be awoken as well. So Paul used that word asleep for believers that are dead in Christ. They are sleeping. They are not dead. Then in verse 14, he says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose 
again. You see, just like we said in the beginning, that you know, there's a reference point too to talk about when it comes to resurrection, and that's Jesus. So if you believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, then also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. You see, those that sleep in Jesus, they are not dead, they are sleeping. So for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Mm -hmm. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Mm -hmm. So those dead in Christ are those that are asleep. Mm -hmm. So when you hear dead in Christ, you won't hear those that are dead. So those that are, those that are dead, those ones that are not dead, dead in Christ, that's different. So those that are dead in Christ, the scripture refers to them as those, those that are asleep or them which sleep in Jesus. So when you're dead in Christ, sleep in Jesus, there are those concerning them that are asleep. Now, Paul is talking about those that you know, died physically, but they are believers, but they have shed off their you know, earthly mm-hmm, body, their earthly tent, their earthly suit. Mm-hmm. Those are the dead in Christ. But they will be united with their bodies again and be with the Lord. Like we read in that you know, verse 16, so that they shall rise first and the, their bodies will be brought back together. You know, I remember, I think, I can't remember which day, I recently when Pastor Jeff was teaching, he mentioned, you know, those that are there and then all, all their, all their, all their body that have been decomposed have moved into plants, all those things in hand. They'll just be called back. Everything will be, will be returned. You know, just, just create a movie for you. You know, it's like, you know, just see nutrients moving. They're moving out of plants and different, different things, whatever it has journeyed to. Everything will be called back, and then they will be read, and then it will it will form a body to be to form a body back, and then those that are asleep will be reunited with their bodies and be with the Lord. Just like we are saying, if if our bodies are not important, just like Moses, if his body was not important, Satan won't try to fight it or fight the angel that was carrying his body. He won't be fighting. Say, let me let me just stain this body with my leprous finger. Mm-hmm. So our body is important. So the dead in Christ, they will also be they will be reunited with their bodies, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, we have those. I'm just still looking at the different kind of uh, those that you know resurrection applies to. So again, we have the dead in Christ, right? Whose body will be reunited when you know, the Lord returns. Mm-hmm. Those that are believers, they are dead. And then we have those that are dead proper. The dead proper proper. They are properly dead. Now, these are those that are unbelievers and they have put off their earthly tent. So we have those that are dead proper. There's nothing we can do to save them. They are properly dead. Why? Because there's no, there's no way to bring life to their soul, to their soul, spirit and body again. Why? Because they are now hell, hell, hell uh, material, lake, uh, hell materials. 
to uh, to uh, to face judgment on the last day. <laughs> so they are unbe unbelievers that are put up that little. But just to clarify, to give us a scriptural background to this, can we open Daniel 12, verse 2? And let's read from verse that Daniel 12, 1 to 2, actually. Um, I know we've read it a bit, but let's just read from 1 to 2 this time around. Can I hear it, sir? Yes. Verse 1. And at the time shall Michael stand up, the great prince, which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be there shall be a time of trouble such as never was seen since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered, everyone that shall be found written in the book. Verse 2. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Some to an everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting. So you see that just that, that last part we just can you read it again? And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Some and many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Okay. Some to everlasting life. To everlasting life. So we have believers. Uh -huh. Okay. Some. Some to shame. And everlasting content. Some to shame and everlasting content. So you now see that, of course, those that are dead proper, they can't come to life, everlasting life. The dead proper can't come to everlasting life. No. Their own portion is shame and everlasting content. Right. So so you now see that only the dead proper. Now let's read John 5. Verse 28 and then 29. John 5, 28 yes. and 29. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice and shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. Of damnation. Mm -hmm. So you now see that those that are dead proper, that are unbelievers, will also experience resurrection. So they will also experience resurrection. So because they too will have to be judged. So don't, some will come right to life, some to damnation. And of course, to damnation means that they're already condemned. Right? They're condemned. And there's nothing we can do to to save them anymore at that time. You know, when, when, when you are still here on earth, that's the chance you have. In short, our earthly, our earthly sojourn is to ensure that we attain resurrection fully. Mm -hmm. Our sojourn means we're coming to, we have to be saved fully. Our sojourning on earth, we're supposed to use our time to attain and to receive life as much as we can. So we are not supposed just to be using our life to chase money, career, and all those things. You know, some of us, our our life is just tied to you know, grow up, marry, born picking, give birth, get them to good schools, let them have a good job, let them marry to give birth. So okay, we then we now have grandchildren. You know, just that cycle. That's like the clock. 
that every man is obeying. Every man's clock on earth that is that have no hope in God. We are not even going to come to the aspect of those that are believers yet because sometimes that clock still affects the, you know, believers in a way. Generally, you let's let's look at unbelievers now. They have a clock. Their clock does not go beyond grow up, make it in life, marry, give birth, <laughs> send them to school, let them grow up to make it in life, marry, give birth. Just a, that's just a clock that men have been cycling around. That's their own mountain. That's the mountain men have been moving around for centuries. Just <laughs> and inside that, grow up make it in life, all kinds of things are flowing there. All, all kinds of issues of life, desire for name, desire for fame, all those things just be circling and circling and circling right around those circles. But that circle cannot lead to life. Can't. Can't lead to life. So we needed uh, or we need to focus on what is important which is attaining life, uh, growing in God, coming into resurrection uh fully in our spirit, soul, and bodies. We must come into, just as we read earlier, that resurrection starts in our spirit, gradually progresses to the soul and to the the body. Mm -hmm. If, as Christians, all we do is we live obedience to the spirit, and then we begin to follow other things, Right, you know, sometimes you can obey God, obey, obey the spirit when it has to do with money and other things. But when it comes to res- coming into life, ah, those are the other part. Mm-hmm. So we are not meant to just chase all those things. What we are meant to to, to spend our time doing is chasing God, mm-hmm. coming into the resurrection that is in God, the resurrection power in God. We need, to, we need to partake of it fully. Amen. So. Just uh, before I, I branched there, so we have those that are dead proper and wish they will also experience resurrection. Amen. Amen. So they will experience resurrection. And then the last set, so we, we see here those that are men that have died, right? Believers and unbelievers. So we see that all good resurrection, right? And we know that those that are dead in Christ, they are not dead in Christ. They are asleep. Or let me say, they are dead in Christ, but they are considered asleep. And there are those that are dead proper, those ones, they are not dead in Christ. They are dead proper, proper, because they are not in Christ. <laughs> so we now have those that are quick, or the quick and the living, or the living. So those that are, are living, those that are alive, they have not yet shed off their earthly suit or earthly bodies like you and me right now we are alive breathing and walking on the earth so there is resurrection to this category of men as well that are alive so those that are living will also experience resurrection which is a bit different from the one from the resurrection that the two that we've just mentioned above will go through right why because they are alive. So the major difference is that these believers, the quick and the living, those that are living, those that are alive, the living believers, they have not shed off their earthly suit. Right? 
their bodies have not been put six feet under they are alive they have not been buried put in a coffin and buried away they are still fully breathing alive and so those category of people they are going to go through resurrection and this is going to be different right from those that are dead in christ or dead proper and, when, and like i said the major difference is just that they have not been put to the grave so they are living so now we are going to read i think i mean what we just read pretty much covers uh like what we read uh, in first thessalonians chapter 4 right read verse um, 16 right but if you read verse 15 again i think here see for this we say unto you by the word of the lord that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the lord shall not prevent them which are asleep so we won't stop those that are asleep for themselves for the lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of god and the dead in christ shall rise first so they're not talking about so the dead in christ shall rise first then the next verse in verse 17 says then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the lord so we see here in first thessalonians chapter 4 right if we read from 13 to 17 he covers all these things we'll be saying really <laughs> so we that are there will be caught with the lord <laughs> you see we caught up and this is the this is the the la uh, with the with the trump of God, right? This is the voice of the archangel. Now, this resurrection, right, that we are talking about, most of the time in Christianity, we assume that this thing, right, and because this is the last this one, which is going to happen for sure, but we assume that because ah, this is the last thing that will happen, then what should we be using our life to do on earth? Okay, I mean that means that. We wait until that time. But what shall we do now? Okay, let's go into the world. Let's, as Christians, make impact. Because, I mean, we are waiting for resurrection, right? It's an assumption. Why? Because we don't know that resurrection progresses from the spirit to the body. So there is a, so that when we're talking about resurrection, right? Or this part is where we, we talk about rapture and all those things. <laughs> But we don't know that before rapture, there is some things. It's almost like a silent walk that should be going on within every believer before that time. Even those that are dead in Christ, they too must have been going through this, this resurrection inside their spiritual and body before the shed of their earthly pen. Right? So it's not just something to live for the end. And just forget about it. Is there, there, there is there is resurrection state that we must all attain is a state. The, there's a resurrection state, like you said, there's a resurrection person and there's a resurrection experience. So every believer must experience this thing. It must be experienced, right? Now, and I, I believe this is where even the book is telling us to note that resurrection state 
the state of resurrection is when the man's spirit, the man's body, the man's soul, right? But it's spiritual and body. The man's spirit, soul and body comes to a state of no death. You get, so there's, like I was saying, there's a state of resurrection that must be attained. I want to make this one clear. So there's a state which must be attained, resurrection state, which is when the man's spirit, soul and body arrives, right, at a state of no death. Meaning that it cannot die anymore. Right? It can't die. It's a state. Yeah, you have attained resurrection state. And this resurrection state is a possible state for people that are alive. Right? It's possible. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like it's like returning back to Adam. Right, like Jesus would tell you that nobody have the right to take my life from me. I lay it down, I pick it up. Meaning that if Jesus did not lay down his life, they couldn't have killed him. You no, know, just just throwing it out there, they couldn't. But he needed to die, right, for our sin, you know, so that uh, we can deal with sin that needed to be swallowed up in victory. Amen. So, the state of resurrection. Right, like I was defining, is when the spirit, soul, and body of man has arrived at no death. Now, to to buttress this point, I'm going to uh, read First Thessalonians, uh, I believe, chapter five as well. And I like how Paul uh, well, put it right when he was talking about certain things. You know, that need to be presented blameless. Amen. And so we are going to quickly read First Thessalonians chapter five. Uh, and then we are going to read from verse twenty-three. Sorry, what say? Twenty-three. Yes. Uh okay, let's read from twenty-three. Let's read from twenty-three. That should be fine. Praise God and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly and i pray god your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our lord jesus christ jesus christ mm-hmm. you see i put that pray that your spirit soul and body be preserved blameless so why is paul talking about spirit soul and body why is he not just saying spirit or say you just say you Right now, because as believers, sometimes we just uh, it's possible to assume that what the Lord wants to do is just get us born again and then leave us, just do good, wait until you die, or wait until I arrive, or do the best you can in case because to Jesus, on if Jesus studies, so if Jesus studies, of course, you know, the person will eventually die. Uh, in that case, make sure you do good as much as you can, either. When you die and Jesus come and take you, or if you are alive, when Jesus comes, you will be okay to make it to heaven. Christianity is not just about making heaven. 
If it's about making heaven, Jesus will not need to come and die. Why? Elijah did not die in mid-heaven. Enoch did not die in mid-heaven. So if it's about just making heaven, then why would Jesus come? All those men, they've made heaven before Jesus landed. So Christianity is not just about making heaven. There's what resurrection is. It's not, and so we have to go through resurrection. There are some things that need to be preserved blameless. Our spirit, soul, and body. Those things must be preserved blameless. When I say preserved blameless, they're talking about the, the removing of blame. And when you're talking about removing blame, is things that Satan can lay claim to. If Satan can lay claim to certain things, they're like, ah, there's still some, there's still some blame. You can still blame certain things. Okay, okay. Well, all, all you can call it is the, 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 that, that thing, whether it be spiritual and body, still have blemishes. So there's a blemish there. If it has blame, it has a blemish. If it has a blemish, it can't be offered to God. Meaning that God does not, I mean, God will tell Israel, no, don't offer to me. And yet, the one I want is the one without blemish. Don't offer to me anything with blemish. Or a lamb without blemish. You know, you'll be hearing all that. Even the turtle do, you know, all those things that God take, right? Or a goat. You see, it, they all must be without blemish. So they, they, if God is going to take any sacrifice of animal that is without blame, if it is man that he will now take to himself or his habitation, why would he now take one that with, with a lot of blames? And that is why the Lord would put separations. We put separations to, to demarcate. Ah, you have been able to fully be preserved blameless. Okay, you, you attend certain resurrection. You attend certain resurrection. You attend, you've attained certain resurrection. Mm -hmm. So you, that means that we have gone through certain resurrection in our spiritual and body at some point, or in our spirit soul, which eventually our body will come into. So whatever resurrection that has been recorded in the soul before somebody dies or at the time that Jesus arrives, whatever it has been recorded is what the body will be resurrected to pick up. Amen. So um, I'm just using that uh, to explain that God is not just wanting to save you, get born again and then forget about you and then just try and make heaven. There's a lot that the Lord wants to do. He wants to save us fully. So resurrection state, like I was saying, is the arrival of man's spirit, soul, and body at the state of no death. And we've not, we know that how to get here, right, is that you must be obeying the spirit of God. It's by obedience to the spirit. You must be led by the spirit. You must be led into resurrection. The, the reason why the Holy Spirit is leading you it's not only just so it can lead you to remember or things you forgot or to lead you so that rain does not beat you when you don't know rain is going to fall. Like we tell you, bring your umbrella today. <laughs> Even though Holy Spirit will do that, his work is much more, right? You know, some of us, 
the moment only okay let me just <laughs> i want to discourage i don't want to discourage us why because the holy spirit you know when, when we are ah, just you know when we, maybe when we pick umbrella we're able to do that ah please goes please goes to me to bring one umbrella to that i did not even know that it was going to rain you know some of us were excited about the action you know that just the action about you know picking the umbrella we didn't know we want to make it to, to look again you know the Lord told me, you know, pick your umbrella. I didn't even know the umbrella would come. I just, I'm sorry, I didn't know the rain was about to fall. I just felt to myself, I didn't pick the umbrella, I picked it. And then we go, and then we said, wow, wow, all this. I mean, you can be excited, right? But don't be excited in the action, but be excited more in what the Lord is doing inside of you by leading you. When the Lord leads you, pick that umbrella. I don't know. There is, there is a way they are weaving your spirit. They are configuring you. There's a way they are weaving you in the spirit on how to walk, how to walk with the Lord. Now, it, the Lord can use the experience of training you. It's about to rain. You didn't know where I take your umbrella. You will be. Take it. <laughs> There's that. But beyond that, there is much more that the Lord is doing. There's, there is a training in your spirit. They are weaving you. They are molding you, shaping you to be able to hear the voice and respond. In difficult situations, in short, to be able to live by faith, to trust God, you don't know, just do. Okay, Evo said, do this. You don't know, just obey. It might seem foolish, it might seem senseless, it might seem like, ah, what's this? What's, what's this? But you know, you have been led. There is, there is, there is, there is a prompting inside of you. Mm-hmm. Obey. They are weaving you. They are training you. They are, they are trying to teach you to have something that you can use to attain resurrection, right? Because all those things are ways inside of you. As, as you are learning the spirit, they are making ways, ways which if you begin to take, those ways can lead you, right? Those ways can lead you to life. The straight is the narrow is the way. There has to be a way, always a way in the spirit, the way that leads to life. There's a way that leads to life. So when the spirit is teaching you, do this, don't do that. And of course, you reap the reward of obedience. But there is still that which the Lord is doing, which is inside of you, is more about your spirit, soul, and body than anything else. They, they are training you, configuring you, trying to raise you. Mm-hmm. So that's what the Lord is doing. It's not just, you know, that, you know, you escape the rain that's about to fall. Because even if rain hits you, you won't die. You might catch cold, you won't die. But if you are able to obey the spirit, there's a lot of work the Lord can do inside of you, which would move you in life. It's, it's, to, it's, it's to end in life. So it's not, you know, just to escape rain, just as I was saying. Amen. So resurrection state uh, so with all this is I'm saying, all this story I'm saying, let's just bring it back home. The resurrection state, right, is what I'm trying to, to explain. And it talks about the arrival, right, of man's spiritual and body at a state of no death. That's a, that's a goal. That's a, that's a goal in the mind of God that I want every man to attain resurrection state, even though Jesus has not come in the cloud yet. Jesus has not yet appeared in the sky. Right, and we are not yet caught up with him. But can you attain resurrection state 
whereby your spirit, soul, and body is preserved blameless. Your spirit, soul, and body have come to a state of no death. I mean that when they check your spirit, when they check your soul, when they check your body, ah, there's no death whatsoever. No death whatsoever. And of course, I know um, maybe we did again because of what we are, you know, teacher, I, I didn't, uh, I'm not sure if, uh, I think, yeah, I think, you know, we talked about it a little bit. I want to talk about death, right? So there is the physical death that we are explaining that those who are the dead, those, who are the dead, those that are shed of their earthly death. <laughs> but there's also what we call death, right? Whereby uh, the death or deadness that is in the soul is as a result of the life that Adam brought into man, which we now see sin and death in men. So that sin and death that, you know, Scripture talks about it's not it's not talking about death that comes upon men to shed off their earthly body or the separation of a man's spirit and soul from their body. Now it is it is it is this it is the it is sin and death that eventually led, like we explained last week, to the point where now it's possible to actually separate the man's spirit soul from his body because they have weakened the bond, right? <laughs> Some that have you know attained life in their in their body in a lot, like uh the apostles, it was not easy to kill them. It wasn't easy to kill them, like John. John stayed long and stayed and stayed and stayed and stayed and stayed. Mm-hmm. Even banishing to Isle of Patmos, right? So I'm just using that to explain that it is possible, right, that a man can come into a state where they don't have to die anymore. They just be young. They are you to be renewed like the ego all the time, just be renewed. Mm-hmm. So it's possible for man, spirit, soul, and body to come to a state of no death, meaning that inside of it, sin and death does not have any hold. There's no because those things, they are blemishes too. Because it's blemishes. So those things, are not, sin and death are no longer, those forces that act on the soul, spirit of men, those ones, they, they, they must have been totally removed. So you come to a state. Man cannot come to a state where their spirit, soul, and body has no death. And they can die. Amen. So, Believers can progress in resurrection experience. Mm-hmm. So those are the things we should, now, we should now see. So there is the resurrection state, right? That is the point where you have attained the resurrection state. Meaning that your spiritual and body can die. That has no death. Let me use that word. Has no death. But to get there, you must go through resurrection experience. You must experience resurrection in the days of your flesh. So when you are alive, you can go through resurrection experience to arrive at a resurrection state. Mm-hmm. If that's, you know, I'm just using that English so that it is clear for us, right? So when it comes to your spirit, soul, and body being preserved blameless, what you are going to go through to attain that is that you must be going through resurrection experience in the days of your flesh. They must be waking you up from things when you are dead from. 
He must be waking you up. Now, what we are dead to is God, but we are alive to Satan in some areas. Where you see envy, strife, flowing, jealousy. Those are, those are smell of death. Envy, strife, jealousy, hatred. No, no, no child of God should, should have hatred in them. So jealousy, backbiting, right? And I think it's good to, to use what scripture, is what scripture calls it, we are going to call it too, right? And uh, Peter tells us in First uh, Peter chapter, chapter 2, Right, those are the things I'm just going to quickly mention because of time. Uh, I'd like to read it, I don't know. So I'll just quickly read it because of time. So wherefore Lena said, all malice, all guile, hypocrisies, envies, evil speakings, strive. And the Corinthians too, Paul, when Paul was dealing with them, first Corinthians, uh, I believe chapter one and uh, chapter two. Actually, chapter three, mm-hmm. when he was telling them that I cannot keep you as unto spiritual, that's what Paul said to them, right? He said that, uh, where are you? Oh, book. Sorry, Daniel, I would have agreed, but just want to please read it because of time. I said, uh, in verse three, it says, for ye, it's okay, let me read from verse Say, I fed you with meek and not with meek. For neither to ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. For ye are yet carnal. So what are the... So okay, let's say, for whereas there is among you... So he began to talk. What are the properties of carnality? What, what speaks of carnality? Now says, envy, strife, divisions. Are ye not canals and walk as men? So you see all those things. Those are smell of death. Those are smell. That's what... Reeks when you see those lives prospering, that's dead prospering. So they need to remove many of these things, and then they also need to now add God's life to every man. So we must come into all that is in God. The more of God's life, every time God's life hit a soul or a soul is able to come into God's life, it will, it will, a resurrection experience has taken place. They've been resurrected in a way. So resurrection experience is something we go through over and 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 over until our spirit, soul, and body comes into a resurrection state, in a state where every part of your spirit, soul, and body is preserved blameless. There's no blame there. When they look at you, you're just full of love. You're not hating your brother anymore. You don't have any evil thought towards your brother or sister. You are when you are when you are looking at men, you are seeing all oh, the beauty of God. You are you can see what I we can see what the angels saw when the, in, in Isaiah 6, when it says, Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is full of your glory. Not the time they are talking about the earth being full of his glory. It's not as if everything is perfect. Jo- uh, there's, uh, 
the book, uh, there's a book, I think, you know, most of us know this book, The Vision or The, the, the Code. That is the, ah, what's the name? Uh, the name just disappeared in my head now. So now remember by God's grace. Uh, I'm saying for the author. Huh? The, is it the author of the book? Yes, yes, the author. That's Rick Jonah. Rick Jonah. Ah, why, why? Oh my! The joiner came to my head. I don't know why that disappeared. <laughs> Rick Joiner. There's a part. The final quest. There's a there's a part in that book where he said he experienced, and then when he came back from the experience, everything was looking beautiful. It does not matter. Everything was just glowing. The grass, the doorknob, everything. There was too much love inside of him. <laughs> what can cause? is so to be like that is because they have God's life inside of them. When you look at your brother, the first thing is not to look at, when you see them, you know sometimes when we see our friends, brothers and sisters, the first thing that we that stare us in the face is their fault. Then we begin to relate from there, and then say, ah, we are working in love, we are working in love, right? Let's just work in love. Why? Because it's the fault we are seeing. Mm, let's work in love, let's work in love, let's work in love. When you love your brother, the, when you see them, the first thing you see is not their fault. The first thing you just see is just their spirit. You just fall in love with them. Oh, wow, I just miss you. Ah, my sister, my brother. How are you doing? You, when you look at them, it's not, uh -huh. there's no hatred, there's no malice. Or you just, when, when, you, when, when, when your, your, your soul is, is being intertwined with life, you are not, you, you won't think too much about, you know, you know the, the there's a way we have our rights, and you should have done this. You should have, you know, all those, all those things coming from death sometimes, most of the time. The reaction is coming from a death. Sometimes, everything you want to say is the right one, the right. You know, anything anybody has to say does not matter. All right. We can even live in a, in a perpetual state, right, of... Because my brother or sister does not know anything. Mm. So we, we don't sometimes we don't even get to hear them out. Mm -hmm. all, what causes all that is just works of death, death. When death prospers in souls, all kinds of things. But when you look at God, you won't find any of that in God. When you see there is love, peace, kindness, brotherly kindness, gentleness meekness <laughs> when a soul is beginning to move more into those areas is becoming is receiving life <laughs> but i don't want to spend too much time here but i just wanted to see that i'm just trying to paint god's life so we can see how separate god's life is, is from the life of men and why we must attain resurrection state and why we should spend our life Right, chasing after God, just chasing after God. Well, because we want his life. <laughs> we are not just getting, we, are, we didn't just get born again and just start waiting for the day Jesus will appear in the sky. And we do nothing with our soul when it comes to resurrection or when it comes to life. Nothing. We just, and then we, we just try and manage ourselves, do good. No, Christianity and life is more than the good you are doing, how do you know is good? Amen. Sorry. It's like I've, uh, I've, uh, I've, I've talked a lot in this area, but I just wanted to make sure I made, I made a distinction. I made, I made a clear distinction, right? 
uh, between resurrection state and also resurrection experience so we understand how one leads to another. So it is the experience of resurrection that leads to the point where we come into a resurrected state where our spirit, soul, and body has been preserved blameless. There is no blame there. There is no finger of Satan touching it, leprous finger, right? It's not there. Our, our, our faults have been removed, have been cleansed, have been washed, have been sanctified, have been purified, have been glorified. Amen. So, resurrection state is when we have come into all the resurrection experience had to offer. And then we land in a state of resurrection whereby there's no death in our spirit, soul, and body. Amen. So I think in the note, I'll just read quickly what the note says. So resurrection actually began in our spirit. So this, this is what I've been saying earlier, right? When you get born again, resurrection begins in your spirit. Right? In your spirit. Lot of life in your spirit. Life abundance in your spirit. In your spirit, resurrection is there. Tap into that resurrection. There's resurrection in your spirit. It begins there. When you get born again, it begins there. But it does not end there because your soul must come into resurrection. So resurrection actually begins or began in our spirit until our soul also attains resurrection. You see? Mahatona. Those are the things I've been saying earlier. Until our soul also attains resurrection. Mato cinema is understanding. Is to, this thing, if you can understand it very well. We as Christians, uh, we have understanding why we are Christian. We will know, okay, wait, what, what have I been doing with my life? So Christianity is not just about, you know, making mark on it. It's making mark in the land of your spirit. You don't make mark in the land of, of earth, earthly, earthly landmarks. You don't make marks there, no. Where you should be making mark is in the land of your soul. Your soul is a land where they build edifice, buildings, panomosima. That's where they build. They, they can envision the building in the spirit. Okay, it's like the architect, the architect can, can be in your spirit. Okay, the architect of the building. Okay, this is what we want to build. This is the kind of man we are looking for when we look at you. Amen. Maybe when they look at Daniel, they look at Daniel and they, they've seen a big mansion there. You know, like, like, like Jesus said in John chapter 3, he said that I go to prepare a place for you. In my father's house, there are many mansions. Meaning that they, they are looking to build a mansion of life inside of you. When, when God looks at you, looking at the project, inside your spirit, there's an architect of the kind of building they should, they should raise. You can't Get to that without resurrection. Resurrection has to happen within your soul. It has begun in your spirit. That's where the image is. Where's the, or let me say, that's where the, that's where the, the architect is. Pretty much, they put all the, they put plenty, plenty, plenty material to get the foundation started. You know, when you want to build a building, you have to build the foundation first. That's the first thing you do. So the resurrection begins in your spirit. Foundational material has been deposited there. So that your soul, my soul, our soul can attain resurrection. 
So resurrection is not just on the last day alone. There's that one. Mm -hmm. But throughout our lifetime, we must go to resurrection experience. You must experience resurrection in your soul. As it began in your spirit, you must also, you must also go through it in your soul. Your soul must come into life. Now, of course, we know that we talked about what resurrection is, right? Which is the revival of our bodies. We, we know we talked about that one. That, that will happen on the last day, the revival of our bodies. And of course, when you are alive, right? You don't see it as if anything is happening to your body like that. <laughs> so we not see resurrection in that light. Right? But something is happening to your spirit, your soul, which will eventually have a landmark in your body. It will eventually touch your body, affect your body. But we need to understand that resurrection needs to take place within the soul. Where there's resurrection means life is given. It's an exchange for death. Imagine somebody that has died and be resurrected like Jesus. Jesus is the, is the example we have. How he defeated death. He died. So when he was dead, then eternal power, the power of God. Well, let's just say God just came, land inside him, meaning life moved inside Jesus. When life entered into his body, death was defeated. Death was swallowed up in victory, meaning that even physical death, now we know that physical death is just a type of a spiritual death. It's just a, it's just it's just like you know, physical death is I want to say it's just, just let me use the word typify. Just typify something that happens too spiritually, right? Then what happened to Jesus physically? He died, they came back to life. It can also happen to you in your spirit, in your soul. That's why you get born again when it happens to your spirit. Then your soul, that's when it's to happen, so that all the yamanyama can go. All the little, little things we are still struggling with. Resurrection. <laughs> and this is why you should love God. You must love God. Panemosima. This is why. Why? Because God has given so much to ensure that you come to life. If you can just, if you can just imagine. You know, I'm trying to explain God's life to you. And I'm explaining it with, you know, you won't have malice. But it's much more beautiful than that. So we've talked about not having malice. Okay, okay. think about this thing. Imagine Jesus when he woke up from the dead. As he arose, he appeared to 500 at a time. That's, and that's, he didn't appear to them in a vision. He literally just appeared to them. Eh? He just appeared. What, what, kind, what, kind, what kind of a person is that? Now, that was just, just an example, but there's much more than that. If you want to see more, you've got to just open your eye and just see into the spirit realm. Just see, maybe just one angel, just one. Not the highest of them, the lower, the least of them, the one that walk on earth that walk with you and me. Let's just say those ones. I'm not talking about. I'm not saying they're useless. You know, you know, we have different kinds of angels, different kind. They are ones that are with you. They look like you and me like this. They don't have any wing, nothing, just like that. They just, just they can just sometimes you know just clap, you know, like like one that can stand on that mattress. You know, the angels that are just like you and me. They just say the, because they have a okay, that they have arrangement in the spirit. When you see such an angel, how low, no matter how low they are in the spirit, when you see them, you see how beautiful they are. But, you, but when you look at them and you see how beautiful they are, 
you now realize that somebody that make them, who is that kind of person to have this kind of, why? Because he can't make them with the beauty that he does not have. So if you can make an angel this beautiful, beautiful okay, that one is even far apart. You have to sing to them. Okay, let's come into the world. We don't have to sing to the realm of the spirit. Have you ever seen the Milky Way? Have you ever seen the, the Milky Galaxy? It's like, a, it's, a, it's like art. You know all those art that people will just, will just splash, they just splash brush on the, on the world, and then people will be bidding one, 10 billion, 5 billion dollars. Okay. All those things, they're not as beautiful as the Milky Way galaxy. When you look at it and you see the way God even beautified it, they don't have to put gases there to beautify it. That's what makes it look like milk. That's what they actually called it Milky Way. So those milk, that, that what makes it because it looks milky, and what makes it look milky is all those gases that are there. And imagine the, the master of the universe, he created it. Look at that fine work of art, too beautiful. If you've not seen anything, if you just look at that alone, you're like, wow, that's too awesome. Now, imagine a, a being that can conceive such a concept. Ah, ah, how beautiful would that mind be? How beautiful would it look like? Eh? Then, if, if that one is not enough, okay, let's zoom to the earth. Have you ever looked at the ocean? Just look at how it goes far. And then just looking up on the horizon. Okay, you've never seen that before? Okay, it's okay. It's all right. Me too. I've not been on the ocean before. I've just been by the beach so I can just see that one. Because you know, that beach view is different from when you're actually on the ocean. Uh, they are seeing things. Okay, that's too far. But let's, let's just look at just the way the earth is. You see how scripture was telling you about Jesus. Who set the boundary that the ocean, you must not pass this one. Land, stay this way. Ocean, stay the sky. Stay this way. Okay. Earth, stay in between this place and that place. Between the sun, stay here. Okay, that one, don't go too far. That, who, who put all the boundaries? He said, this bed, you can fly this high, but not this. Okay, you, you eagle, you can fly higher. Okay, this one, no, don't, don't, don't. You, mosquito, don't even fly more than some feet. You see how he set boundaries? What kind of mind can create such a view? Such a, not just a view, such a, such a creation. Just the, 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 just see how land and water just separate self should, should marvel souls and should speak and tell you something about the nature of the creator who created all things. And when you look at the earth, the whole earth is full of its glory. That tells you that the earth is actually beautiful. If you go to space, National Space Center, and then you look down, you just see how beautiful Earth is. I'm talking about the ball. I'm not talking about earthly life. Just the ball. You look at the Earth ball. You see how, how beautiful. That's to tell you how beautiful God is. And all those things found him from him. They all found from him. He conceived them in his thought, in his mind, and created all those things. If God can create something that beautiful, then how beautiful is God himself. God must be so beautiful. Then if God is so beautiful and everything he created fountain is from his life, then God's life must be so beautiful. So not having hatred, malice, envy. God is such a beautiful life. You may not be able to even see it now, but just the concept of it should, should give hope and, and, and gladness to your soul. And God has given you this thing that you would have life. In your soul, you have life in you. Amen. Sorry, uh, I've talked a bit about this resurrection, but I know my heart is in the matter here. I'm a sin. I'm just talking about resurrection, Mahito Fed, right? 
just resurrection that that within the spirit and our soul is resurrection there resurrection there resurrection there resurrection there there's a resurrection in your spirit soul and body body your body your body even as your soul goes to resurrection so also can your body even every aspect of your body can go to resurrection healing is a part of resurrection in the body when i say healing i'm just saying you say you know when, when i say resurrection is giving life for that which is dead if any aspect of the body is dead or is going through some certain kind of death like sickness Life can be put inside it. Killing can take place. It's a form of resurrection. I'm, I'm not saying that it's the resurrection I'm talking about. I'm just saying it. Just think about that concept, resurrection. Life or death. Life or death. It can bring it back. Anybody that is sick in their body, the spirit of God that brings life and resurrection will move into that body in the name of Jesus for healing. In the name of Jesus, healing, healing in Jesus' name, healing in Jesus' name, healing. Yes, 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 you can be healed in your body. You can be healed in your body, in your body. If, Je- if God can raise Jesus from the dead, you can also be raised in your body. Not, not even that one we're talking about, about, you know, resurrection in the last day now, talking about bringing life to organs, cells in your body. They can also experience resurrection. Resurrection. Matter. It must see matter. Matters in your body. Oh, matters in your body. Can go through life. 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 Supply of life in your body. In your body. In your bodies. Oh, my city. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. The, the resurrection actually began in your spirit until our, our soul also attains resurrection. And this will definitely affect the body. Just, you know, that's what we are reading from the book. It will affect the body, right? So this can happen by obedience to the spirit while we wait for the coming of the Lord. So we are just retying this back to what we are saying earlier, Right, when we defined resurrection, we to resurrection, and we see that it progresses. So this is more, just expanding more, that it progresses, means your soul and then your body. And this is what you do while you are waiting for the coming of the Lord. And you keep going through it until you fully after resurrection state. And then if at that time, right, however, as at that time, as at that time, you have fully come into resurrection state. There's no more death in your body. We know that when the Lord comes, your bodies will be moved into glory. That is befitting for your body. I know this, that one, that, that aspect is in, is in Corinthians 15, 1 Corinthians 15. I'm sure we'll get to that in, even in this book. I'm sure there's, I, mean, I know there's a part there um, that we'll read that um, will give us some insight into that. But I think even... It, in, a, in when we were talking about um, there was the last lesson with and the question and answer session. I think we talk about that that was a bit, but Lord will help us. Because of time, let me uh, quickly move forward. Uh, it's like I didn't go too far today, too. Sorry, guys. I'm trying my best, you know, to move as quickly as I can. So 
we've seen this as well. It's just that for some reason, I just feel that that as I don't know that aspect of that resurrection experience and resurrection state, that ex- that talking about resurrection beginning in your spirit until your soul attains resurrection, and then we're affected with that aspect. It just it just it just standing in my heart, just standing in my heart to talk about it, and that's why it was it was just too strong to just talk about it why because when we understand this our soul as attaining resurrection that unlocks a whole lot of things and understanding spiritually about the christian life oh why am i a christian why 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 what am i doing with my life on earth what should i be doing i'm not a christian i go i pray you know all this okay i'm trying i'm even struggling to pray and remember why am i doing all that it's not it's not all religion something it's not it's real bible is real when you pray you have a father who have resurrection power. When you are, talk, when you are reading your Bible, you are connecting with, with he who, who, who has power. You are connecting with your father. It's a relationship. It's not a religion. When you are reading your Bible, it's not just to fulfill all righteousness. I mean, you can, I mean, we, can, we, can, we can start from there, but we know it's not just about fulfilling righteousness. It's, it's to have a relationship with your father, with your father, with your father. I don't know. I just feel, I just, just, just an impression in my heart. If anybody is sick in their body, the Lord will heal you in Jesus' name. The Lord will heal you in Jesus' name. The Lord will heal you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Whoever is sick in their body, the Lord, heal him. I pray for healing. Let healing flow. Let healing flow in that body. Resurrection. Let resurrection flow. In that body, power, life, let life flow in Jesus' name. Homa Saina, Helna, Helnama, Hemanata, Enema, 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 Enema. Thank you, Jesus. So, our soul comes out to resurrection by obeying the Spirit, obedience to the Spirit. So, if there is anything stopping you from obeying the Spirit, overcome it today. Begin to obey the spirit. Even if it starts from leading you to take your umbrella, yes, start it, pick it. Begin to obey the spirit. As, as much as you are quickened, as quickened by the spirit, as you are led by the spirit, just obey. Keep obeying. Keep obeying. Keep obeying the spirit. Let the spirit lead you. Keep obeying. As the spirit is leading you, obey. Keep obeying. And as you are obeying, you will see the Lord will ensure that resurrection is progressing. It's progressing from your spirit to your soul. And eventually to your body. Just obey the spirit. Dedicate yourself to obeying the spirit. Let it be a natural frame of your person to obey the spirit. Yes, you might you know, here and there might struggle, but don't 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 beat yourself too hard, too hard, too bad. Just obey. Keep obeying. Keep obeying. Just keep obeying. Just just show yourself to just obey the spirit. And as you begin to obey. And continue to obey. You, there's, the Lord would lead you into resurrection. As he's leading you in carrying your umbrella and other things, <laughs> it, it will also be leading your soul out of death. It will also be leading you into Christ. It will also be leading you into life eternal, life everlasting. He will lead you into life everlasting and life eternal. He will, he will keep leading you until you fully come into life eternal. Just so keep obeying. It's such simple, yes, but just keep obeying the spirit. Keep obeying the spirit every day. Emma ha! Obey, obey, keep obeying. Keep obeying, just keep obeying. Just obey. Dedicate yourself to obey. 
Just obey. Just obey. Keep obeying. Obey today. Obey now. Obey in the next second. Obey in the next minute. Obey in the next hour. Obey today. Obey tomorrow. Obey this year. Obey in the years to come. Just obey and keep obeying. If you make a mistake, carry yourself up and keep obeying. Continue obeying. You are running a race. Keep running that race. Don't stop. Keep running. Keep journeying. Just obey. Keep obeying. Keep being led. Being led. Be awoken to the leading of the spirit. Be awoken to obedience of the faith. Be awoken. Be awoken. Be awoken. Just keep obeying. Obey spirit. And as you obey you, just life, you are just being resurrected. You are going to be resurrected. Whatever has been lost, you see, life will just be returned. In filling of the spirit, fullness of the Holy Ghost. As you are obeying, you will see your life quarter will be increasing. Your spirit, your spirit quarter will be increasing. Your quota, your spirit quarter will keep increasing and keep increasing. Keep, keep being filled. Just obey the spirit. Keep obeying. Keep obeying. Keep obeying. Amen. They say, while we wait for the Lord, just obey. Keep obeying. Now, let's move to, hi, sorry, Thomas, good. Hope of resurrection. Hope of resurrection is not a theory, like I've said. Resurrection is not a theory. It's a reality. It's a reality that God has designed to be. So resurrection is not a theory. It's not just a concept that is not proven. It has been proven true. Why? Jesus is the first proof. Of resurrection so it's not a theory it's not uh, no you can it is it is true it's a reality which uh, resurrection has been happening in the life of jesus before jesus actually resurrected uh, on the third day after the death of the cross resurrection he has been going through experiences of resurrection that's what made it possible for god to raise him from the dead like we see in some Psalm 16, you will not live my soul in hell. Neither will you leave my soul to suffer corruption. Mm. Jesus said it. He has been, the reason why Jesus, I want to say Jesus, because Jesus was saying that in, in, in the Psalms of David. In Psalms, it was Jesus that was saying that through, 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 through Psalms. He said, you will not leave my soul to suffer corruption. You will not leave it in hell. That's Jesus talking. It just, it just, it just, it just Jesus' voice that the psalmist picked. He just said it. You will not suffer my soul to suffer cor- to see corruption. Mm-hmm. It was Jesus talking, right? So Jesus attained resurrection. It's a reality. It's not a theory. It's not a gimmick. It's not a deception. Jesus was real. You see, many people today, unbelievers, you know, some will be saying, "Are you sure Jesus did he die?" And are you sure it was not? You know, they'll be telling you all kinds of scientific, you know, argument around it, but. I mean, it has been it, it, it has been proven with with infallible proofs. We have infallible proofs, meaning that whatever, oh, whatever you want to question it, question it as much as you can. You will always arrive at an answer that Jesus did died and he did resurrected, and he resurrected. He did. He was raised by the Father on the third day. It is a it's a it's an infallible proof. Many infallible proofs. That we see, you can't. We say infallible means you can't fault it. It's too. It's too true. You can't fault that Jesus died. If okay, if you fault it, how do you? How do you see many people that are born again today? Is it a fallacy that will get them born again? No. 
And you see those that, for example, some Muslims that you know, were looking for proof that Jesus is, is the God, you know, say, Allah, are, you, are you really God? Are you? Jesus will appear to them with holes in his hands, show them, see these holes in my hand. And just the very experience that, you know, I've heard of. Even some, some of us as children of God, maybe the Lord allowed you to see a vision. Sometimes you can just see the vision of the leg of Jesus. You see holes there. You see the hand of Jesus. You see holes there. To tell you that they actually drove nails into his hand and his leg. They drove nails into his hand. It's, it's, it's like Jesus telling you, I'm real. Don't just think that those things you are reading in the Bible is a, is a, is a story. It's not just a story. It's not just a theory. It's a reality. I died. I was nailed to the cross. It's a truth. Is a proof, is a is an infallible proof. It happened. And they, they even told us in Jesus, say, Ah, are you God? Okay, let me put my hand in your in the hole and let me check your side. Doubting, doubting Thomas. Right? They even showed that, okay, Thomas, Thomas doubted there's only Thomas that, that is that even if you are doubting, I, I will still prove to you that I'm I'm Jesus and I rose from the dead. So it's not it's not a theory, it's a proof, it's a reality. Let's say sorry. You know, it's, a, it's a reality. It's the truth. It's the truth. Jesus rose from the dead. Amen. So, what are the other things we can see in Scripture that tells us about resurrection? The hope of resurrection, right? So, first of all, we can see that example. Ah, wow, Abraham. We can see the example in Abraham's faith. The Lord was just, God is too awesome. He, 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 he will give you every proof in, in different ways in Bible, from whole to New Testament. Hmm? Abraham's, by Abraham's faith, we're able to see or foresee resurrection because it was foreshadowed. How? Abraham received a high substance that could handle resurrection. Or let me put it this way. There's something particular about Abraham. When Abraham was going through all his training, then he landed on the mountain. And then the Lord said, give me your, give me your Isaac. Like, like you know, that's the thing. Give me your Isaac. That's someone I know that used to you know, say that. You know, give, give your Isaac, you know, just you know, to make us give away, give away things. So if that person have something that we have something that likes something that we have, but we are not willing to, the person will just tell us, give away your Isaac. <laughs> so that giveaway of Isaac is not ordinary. Why? Because the Lord or God, Lord God was Lord God was was looking for a man that can receive his own seed. Imagine to receive God's seed. That must be too powerful. God's own seed, how can you receive it? But let's see, let's see. But no, the Lord was tempting him. He couldn't give birth. Sorry, I'm taking too much. Sorry, sorry. Ah, I don't want to talk too much. Sorry, I, I, I suspected that Abraham's feet is going to make me talk a lot. So there is, when the Lord God was looking for a man that had a kind of faith possible to receive God's seed, he found Abraham. Then he began to train him. Okay, test him. Okay, let me withhold Sarah's womb. Why? To see how, let me see if I can expire death, some level of death out of him. And let me see if I can have faith enough to receive life. Can he receive life? Okay. Can he have faith for life in 
Sera's wound. Koma hatamika sita. Sera's wound. Wound. Ha. Let wombs be opened tonight in Jesus' name. Wombs. Let wombs receive life. Life. Wombs. Let them receive life in Jesus' name. You see, Sarah said, Do not consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. Sarah's womb was dead. But when it was time, after Abraham has been able to receive. Oh, able to exercise faith. Sarah's womb was quickened after her body was dead. There was no hope. No hope. The body womb was open. Let every womb expecting life be opened tonight in the name of Jesus. Let there be openness. Womb resurrection. Let wombs be resurrected. Wherever Wombs are dead. Let life flow. Flow in the name of Jesus. Samata, Heminata, Esma. So Sarah, Sarah received life. He received life in a womb. That's the, that's the, first, that's, that's the first experience we're seeing, although there are many because the Lord has been leading Abraham. <laughs> but we know that one thing that was particular was Sarah's womb that was dead. But Abraham had faith, and Abraham, uh, sorry, and Sarah conceived and gave birth to Isaac. And then the Lord came again. Abraham, give me your Isaac. And then Abraham did not withhold from God. He said, okay, no what? no problem. I will give you Isaac. Then Abraham laid Isaac upon the altar to sacrifice Isaac. And that typifies the death of Christ because Jesus is the only son of God, right? And Isaac was the only son of Abraham. So we argue, ah, but you have Ishmael. What happened? Well, that is not according to promise. In God's sight, Ishmael is not a son to Abraham because he's not of the promise. So, even though you can say he fathered another child called Ishmael, but that was that, that in God's sight, that son does not count. So to God, Isaac was son that Abraham had. In the sight of God, that's the only son Abraham had, part of Simba. Mm. And because that's the only son that he had, and then for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The only begotten son of God. You know, there's, when you say begotten, sorry, no, I'm not going to talk too much because of time, you know, we only have five minutes left, but I'll try as much as possible to just finish this aspect and then we'll go to, to the other ones next week. Um, the Lord would give me speed. Uh, I feel like I'm taking it slowly. Ah, and the way things are going, I might, might spend some time, but so but I'll try as much as possible to just add a little bit of of speed. It's like I'm doing one, one page a day, but the Lord would, would strengthen me and quicken us. It's like actually about, yeah, it's about a page and a half I did today. So and we have about uh, three more pages. So I'll have to add some speed, but the Lord will help us. Amen. But the Lord, 
uh, typified Jesus in Abraham. Like I said, the Lord was looking for somebody that have a kind of faith possible to receive God's own seed, that is Jesus. So when he said, give me your son, let me see who can be like me. Why? Because me, I'm going to give my only begotten son, Jesus. Who can also give their only begotten son? Well, it's possible that on earth that time, that nobody can give their only son except Abraham. Imagine why he could collect God's seed. So Abraham passed the test of God, which is to give his only begotten son, his only son, his only son, and which is what I So as he laid him on the altar, that's how Jesus was also laid on the cross to be crucified. And in and after he laid Isaac on the altar, <clears throat> he received Isaac back, right? And then now sacrificed the lamb. Or the when I say, say lamb, I'm talking about the lamb of God, right? Caught in the ticket. Right? Because of time, I'm not going to read, but maybe maybe we'll just read, we'll just read the uh, uh, let's read Romans 4 uh, 17 to 22 but before that I'll just quickly explain it so, <clears throat> so Abraham received his son because the Lord said to him don't kill that lay your, don't not touch lay your hand on that boy right? but look hmm, beside your hand see the lamb there coming in the ticket caught in the ticket you take that one I said, see, see that you did not withhold your only son from me. Your son, thine only son. I think it's good to read it. I'll just quickly read it. Uh, Genesis 22. Uh, Daniel, please get ready for uh, Genesis 22, verse 9, and also Romans. But let's read Genesis 22, verse 9, please. Okay. Can I read that? Yes, go ahead. And they came to the place which God had told them of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in the order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Mm -hmm. Angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. And he said, lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, God. seeing that thou art not withheld thy son, thy only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram in a ticket by his stones. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him for a bond of instead of his son. So you see how the Lord exchanged. So no, 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 don't lay your hand on the boy. Okay, now instead of him sacrifice his ram, but him receiving Isaac back typifies Christ's resurrection. Laying Isaac on the altar, that is to sacrifice Isaac. So Jesus was sacrificed on the altar, on the cross. Right, and then he was Isaac was received back as Jesus was resurrected. So the Lord God received Christ back by raising him from the dead. So that typifies a kind of resurrection. So God already, sorry, that foreshadowed in Abraham 
what Abraham experienced, foreshadowed resurrection. And we can see this, you know, because of time, I'm not going to talk too much, but you can read Galatians chapter 4, where Paul was, you know, saying a lot of things in this area. Read, you know, if you have time, just read Galatians chapter 4, you know, read it through, and you see, you know, just get some insight into what, and then Romans 2, although we are going to read Romans uh, chapter 4. So read that, I can, it can give you some insight into Abraham's faith and all that. Uh, in Galatians, will give you more insight about uh, the seed. That, you know how the Lord exchange Isaac, and he was talking about typifying how Isaac relates to Christ, Abraham, and Isaac, and how that relates to God's plan. But you can see that what happened in Abraham is also what we can see in John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You see. But let's quickly read Romans four seventeen to twenty two. Romans four seventeen. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickened the dead, and called those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Verse 19, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about an hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. That's womb. Mm. Verse 20. Mm. Verse 20, yes. He not the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Yes. And fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Verse 22, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. So, to so see this Romans for just you know, pretty much explain just what I was saying, it is that like it's a scriptural uh, background for what I was saying. Let's read Hebrews 11 17 to 19. Time has gone. I'm just rounding up quickly. Verse 17, by faith, Hebrews 11, by faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. Isaac. He had, he had, that had received the promises, offered up his only begotten son, of whom it, it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. In a figure. You now see that the others what they are using, in, received in a figure. And you see the same language in John 3, says, for God so loved that I gave his only begotten son. They use that one too for in this, sorry, excuse me, in Hebrews, it's for Abraham as well. Right? Begotten, begotten. Can you read that part again quickly before I end? Verse 17, by faith Abraham, when he tried, he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he had received the promises, offered up his only begotten, only begotten. See, he offered up his only begotten son. His only begotten son. Even though he had Ishmael, but according to God, Isaac is his only begotten son. So in scripture, his only begotten, his only begotten son was Isaac. And God's only begotten son was Jesus. According to John 3.16. So now see the only begotten, only begotten, only begottens were exchanged. And then we can see the example of their life. You can see how Isaac was offered 
only begotten. And God, John 3, 16, for God so loved that I gave his only begotten, he gave. Right, who's why I believe in him. So when he gave Jesus, Jesus had to die. He gave Jesus, Jesus died. When Jesus was dying, he was also giving Jesus. Why? Because on the cross, Jesus cried, Father, why have you forsaken me? But because his face cannot behold, see, oh my God, I'm sorry, my son, I have to, I have to look away for now. Just for a moment. Is is our our present affliction is for but a moment. Your affliction is for but a moment. Ah, a matefa. Somebody is saying to somebody, your affliction is for but a moment. It's a moment. It's a moment. It's just it's for but a moment. It will soon pass. It will pass. It will pass. It will pass. Amen. So the Lord was saying to Jesus, it's a moment. Wait for but a moment. Just lay down your life. Lay it down. You have to lay it down. Then he picked her up again. The Lord raised him and he was received back to life. The resurrection happened in Jesus. We, we saw it in Jesus and we can see it in Abraham as well, you know, showing, foreshadowing the uh, death and resurrection of Jesus. So this is where I'm going to stop today. Uh, I'll continue next week uh, you know, looking at other aspects, you know, giving us hope of resurrection. We've seen that it happened in Abraham, uh, you know, the prophet as well, but we're going to continue um, uh, on that. It was prophesied by the prophet in Psalms, you know, okay. but all those things, I think I mentioned part of that earlier. But we're going to continue next uh, looking at the, 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 the hope of resurrection as prophesied by the prophets. So those are the things we'll be looking at uh, next week. So that's it. Can we just begin to thank God quickly today and appreciate him for today? Let's thank him. Let's thank him. Father, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you. We give, we give you all the praise. We thank you for today. We thank you for how you have helped us, how you have strengthened us today. Oh, Father, we thank you. We thank you for all that you have done, even healings that you have Cause to take place, Father, we thank you. Panimos Pana, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, we thank you. We appreciate you for all that you have done for us today. We appreciate you for all that you are doing and you are going to do. Still yet, even by these things you are are teaching us, Father, we say thank you. We appreciate you. Just appreciate him. Thank you, Father. We thank you. We thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Son of God. Thank you, our Father. We appreciate you for all that you have done. Oma, Emma, Oma, Emma, say, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Em Sasa, thank you. Oma, Oma, thank you, Jesus. We give you all the praise. 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 Thank you, our Father. Matema, Emas, Emsa, Emsa, Emma, Emasa, Sama, Sama. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We give you all the praise. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Thank you for today, our Father. Thank you for all that you have done to help us to go through the class today. We say, we are exalted. We say thank you in Jesus' name. But I will pray that. Uh, that which we have received today, Father, you, you will cause them to stay, that they will not leave, 
these things that we've received today, they will bear fruit in each and every one of us in the name of Jesus. And you will perfect that which you have started today in everyone in the mighty name of Jesus. Everything that we have received, you will bring them to perfection in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, because you've answered us. We give you all the praise. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen.